Word of God. Let me see if I can change my microphone. It's missed. Sister DeMuth, thank you so much for her labor for our children and the wonderful job they're doing in the children's ministry. Man, Sunday really tore my heart apart, man. Oh, I was so tore up I couldn't even go to sleep. They did a great job, great job. And, and then when they found out that all those parts, they did it themselves and stuff. My goodness. Man, that is good stuff. Train up a child in the way he should go, and his only won't depart from it. Hey, we want to get right into our lesson tonight. Again, we've been talking about Christian soldiers as providers. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, we, we really, uh, been getting into this thing. I don't know if you're having as much fun as I am, but, you know, we are having great fun, so I think it's about time now to start getting other people up here to teach, like Sister Sonia, Sister Linda, and all those people, you know, to bring bring the Word of God to help us grow. Amen. So we're talking about Christian soldiers as providers. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 5.8, But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he has denied the faith. Wow. That's some powerful words, isn't it? He has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. He's worse than a non-believer. So we got to provide. Amen. we got to provide instructions. Give instructions to a wise man. He'll be yet wiser. Teach a just man. And he will increase in learning. Last week we was talking about love. Amen. I brought out the point about uh, the types of love. I didn't go into a whole detail about it because we have talked about love before. But as I was sharing here, you know, it, it, if a person has a bad attitude and a person is not being obedient to the Word of God, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to just stick my hand in a pit bull's mouth and expect them not to bite me. If he bites me, I guarantee you, I'm going to think twice about sticking my hand in there again. Well, you know, you treat me wrong, uh, I'm going to think twice before I let you treat me wrong again. <laughs> See, so my love towards you, as I was saying the other week, last week, is going to be more benevolence. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that God change your attitude and your actions and your ways. Amen. I'm going to show you love. I'm going to show you I'm praying for you, you know. But to just let you walk over me and treat me wrong the second time ain't happening. You know, so we we have to understand that. And as I was saying, Jesus showed more benevolence love when he was on earth than he did agape love. You know, he showed agape in the end, you know, when he was willing to die for the whole world, you know. And so we, we can learn a lot from that. So tonight, amen, but it, we, we do. Greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friend. Amen. And so we, just, we must love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we have to love our neighbors ourselves. Once we build that relationship with God, amen, and allow Him through His Word to impart wisdom and knowledge to us, as David said, God, you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part where you make me to know wisdom. 
So therefore, we build that relationship with God and let Him impart the things that we need to know that's going to help us grow to be what He desires of us to be. Love is very important. And if we say we are Christians, we should love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And as we said, we build that relationship with God because, as I think I've said before, what you love is where you're going to devote most of your attention. So if Jesus says you should love me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, then it should be a joy to serve God. You know, because you love Him. There's no drudgery in serving God. It's excitement. You know, Paul tells us that this gospel didn't come in word only. It came in power. It came in, <laughs> it came with the Holy Ghost and with much assurance, right? So if I got much assurance that God is with me, I should be excited all the time. Amen. You know, a lot of the responsibilities God put on us, you know, if we know who we are, then I'm not going to be down forever. I'm going to have to pick myself up. God ain't going to stand over me and say, okay, get up. You know, he says, I give you power to stand. Did I lose his arm? Okay, so, this one working? Okay, we're trying to make sure everything is working right for the people out there in the cyberspace. They got to hear the message. <laughs> Amen. And so, <laughs> and so anyhow, what was I at? <laughs> See, this is what happened. I get interrupted and I lose my thought. Amen. But, uh, but uh, we... Hey, we're talking about the love of God, right? So we love God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. It should be fun. You know, he gives us power. Amen. And Paul says that the gospel didn't come in word on it, but it came in power and in the Holy Ghost and much assurance. You know, and so when we understand what is inside of us, it should cause us to, to have the joy of the Lord, to walk in peace, and to know when to get up. Micah says in Micah, I think it's 7 and 8, Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. And I fall. I ain't laying down there. I'm getting up. He says, and when I sit in darkness, the Lord is still going to be a light to me. See, so therefore, be quiet, because He's in me. If He told me in Matthew 5.14 that I am a city set on the hill that can't be hidden. You know, I've never been to Brazil, you know, but I am told that as you're coming into Rio de Janeiro, or you, how you pronounce, you know, that way up on the mountaintop, there's a big statue of what they say is Jesus with his arms stretched wide out. He can't be hid. Can you imagine? You know, and I remember in Texas, and we were on deputation, and I looked and I see this cross. Man, it is a huge set of crosses out there in that middle of that field. I mean, they are huge that are out there. They can't be hid. And that's what Jesus wants from us, is he wants us to be like a city. He wants his light to be able to radiate and to shine through us, that no matter where we are, people seek him 
in us. Amen? And so let his love work to you. Amen. So let's go to number three on your page tonight. We're talking about hospitality. I should have had my wife teach this lesson tonight. Amen. Because she is a good hostess and with the mostess. And she, she has taught this lesson many times before. Paul says in Romans twelve thirteen, he says, distributing to the necessity of the saints given to hospitality. Given to hospitality. Hospitality is the friendly reception and treatment of guests or strangers. It refers to a relationship between a guest and a host, wherein the host receives the guests with goodwill, including the reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, and strangers. Given to hospitality. Amen. And we see, you know, hospitality comes from the root word hospital. Amen. And so what did they do in the hospital? They take care of you, right? <laughs> they charge you a lot of money. No, <laughs> they take care of you. That's their profession is to take care of you. And so this is why, you know, we should be given to hospitality. Amen. Especially to those who are the household of faith. Amen. We have to get back to those principles. During the early times in Jesus' days and before, we see throughout Scripture constantly that they was given the hospitality. And usually in the olden days, what would take place as ministers and people would be traveling, they would come to certain areas because the, the saints didn't want them to hang out with the idolaters and everybody else was doing wrong. They would invite them into their home, especially if they were elders, amen, in, in the uh, city. This is why when you look at 1 Timothy 3, uh, chapter 1, Paul starts that with Timothy. He says, moreover, you know, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desires a good work, must be, you know, blameless. And then he says, given to hospitality. You know, so if you're going to be a minister and all of you are ministers because that's what God called you to serve, right? So you don't get away from this. <laughs> so therefore, you need to get into the understanding of hospitality, how to provide, how to host people, how to entertain strangers. You know, even if a businessman or somebody was selling something came to your house and knocked on your door, you should be able, because you're a child of God, to treat them with some respect uh, and courtesy so that when they walk away, they walk away knowing that they have been in the presence of the Lord. This is, this is why Hebrews uh, 13.1 tells us, you know, let brotherly love continue and be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for whereby some have entertained angels unaware. Amen. You know, we never know who is uh, entertaining us. You know, I, I can remember, you know, in Virginia, I had brought this truck, and the truck, and I think I may have shared this story with you before, but anyhow, I share it again. <laughs> but I had brought this old uh, Dodson truck, and I was going to pick up a half of beef, and all of a sudden, it quit on the side of the road. And... And I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to get it started. It wouldn't start, it wouldn't start, it wouldn't start. So I had the hood up, and so I was turning the key, and nothing was happening. Then all of a sudden, I kind of looked through the little hole of the windshield between the, the 
hood being up, and, and I seen two people standing out there in front of the vehicle. So I immediately got out of the vehicle, and I came around, and it was a blonde-haired girl and a blonde-haired guy. You know, and they're standing there, and they said, what's the problem? I said, well, my truck won't start. And they says, well, let's see. So he says, try it again. So he got, you know, I got in, and he says, okay, try it. So I was like, and he says, okay. He says, it's not getting any gas. He said, you got gas? I said, yeah. So the needle says it's half, things half full, you know, because if I not later, the needle didn't work. <laughs> you know, so he says, you're not getting any gas. And by that time, we were standing there and was talking, and all of a sudden, I seen a cop going the other way, and they kind of did like this to the cop. You know, and I said, great, you know, so, you know, so the cop, you know, came back, and all of a sudden, and the cop came up, he dropped a couple of flares on the road and stuff so people would get over, and he came in, he says, what's the problem? I says, well, these are gone. <laughs> I said, well, there was a guy and a lady who told me I was out of gas. I says, well, can you help me out? And he said, what do you need? I said, can you call my wife and tell her to bring the tow rope out the truck, out the shed at the house, and come and tow me to the gas station? And he's left, you know. And I'm waiting, and all of a sudden, here comes my wife with the tow rope, you know. And so she tows me to the gas station. I get gas, and truck fires right up, you know, and stuff, and, you know, go home and stuff, and so Sunday I'm at church, man, I'm testifying about the goodness of the Lord and what God has did and how, you know, these people was there, and, and, and the cop came, and, you know, and I told him to call my wife, he called my wife, and she brought the tow, about the tow rope and everything, and bring it, you know, and we had another cop in the church, and I said, yeah, and I told the cop to call my wife, tell her to bring the tow rope so she could tell me my wife. He says, what? He says, there's no cop in Virginia going to call anybody and tell them to bring a tow rope to tow you because it's illegal. <laughs> I says, oh, well, <laughs> yeah, she brought a tow rope and she towed me to the gas station. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> I tell you that story is entertaining angels unaware. We don't know. We just don't know. This is why we must be given the hospitality. This is why I always say, no matter who comes through those doors, you need to show them love and consideration and kindness because you never know who's who's here. You know, God may be bringing your answer, and you know, you treat them wrong and say, "Oh, he smelled bad. I'm not going to speak to him or her. I'm not going to say anything to her." They might walk right back out of here with your answer from God. Who would? Who knows? You know, they might be the person that he's sending to lay hands on you to bring your wholeness. You never know. So we got to be given to entertainment. Amen. And like they used to. Go to Second Kings chapter 4. Second Kings chapter 4 verse 8. We know that Elijah, the Bible tells us about Elijah. Second Kings chapter 4 verse 8. It says, And it fell on a day. That Elijah passed to Shuni, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as often as he passed, 
by. He turned in thither to eat bread. Notice, every time he came by, he, he, he could turn in and eat bread. And then verse 9, And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is the holy man of God, which passeth by us continue. She picked up on the fact that this is the man of God. Amen. So let us make a little chamber, and I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set it for him a little bed, and a little table, and a stool, and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he should turn in thither. Amen. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. Notice. She says, let's build him a place. He's going to come by here often, so we might as well have a place for him. And so she talked her husband into the bill in this room, so they entertained him every time that he came by. You know? And, and that's what we should do. Is we, <laughs> we should entertain, you know, others, not just thinks of God. You know? It should be other people as well when they come by. You know, offer them a glass of cold water. Jesus says, if you give a man a glass of cold water in my name, amen. Think about it. You know, uh huh? Yeah. You get a prophet's reward, right? You know, so think about it. You know, give somebody a cookie. You know, whatever you do, you know, for entertainment or showing an affection and want. And so here this woman is, she builds a whole room on the side of the house. You know, and later on, if you keep reading the story, you see what happens. She has a son. The son dies. And she immediately goes to the man of God. He comes back, goes right up into that same room, stretches on him. Amen. And... Dude, that, and really, that's the first case I find of mouth-to-mouth mouth resuscitation. <laughs> she restores, he restores him back to, to delight. Amen. But what if she has not made that place for him? What if she had not entertained him? What if she not shown hospitality to him? You know, you know. She, she would have never probably been blessed with a son. She probably, you know. And later on, this woman has like four or three good stories in here when you read about it. Because later on, there's a famine. And she's sent by the man of God to another place. But after the famine is done, after seven years, she comes back. Gehazi, the servant, is telling the story to the king about her son being brought back to life. And she... You know, and she's standing there, and he says, My Lord, there is the woman right there, and there's her son. You know, and he says, Well, make them give her back everything that belongs to her. Think about it. Look how God will bless. He won't forget you. As David says, I've been old, young, and now I'm old. Yet have I never seen the righteous forsaken. No, his seeds begging bread. Amen. So we got to give to hospitality. Amen. So be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for whereby some has entertained angels unaware. Amen. The Greek word for hospitality is philonexia. Philonexia. Where did we hear that before? Talk about filial love, right? 
Amen. That, that affectionate love that we show, that warm affectionate love we show to our, especially good friends. You know, they use a lot of filial love. Where do you think we get the, the city name for Philadelphia? The city of brotherly love, right? I don't know if they still do that or not, but, but that's what it's supposed to be is the city of brotherly love. You're supposed to be showing love and kindness to one another. And so we need to do that as well. So this filionixia, amen, the love here, amen. I think you probably remember back in 1984, Tina Turner came out with a hit song in the title. Man, you know too much worldly stuff. (laughs) What's love got to do with it? Well, it's got a lot to do with it because God is love. Amen. And so, and so, so if God is love, Amen. Then we should have this filial love with inside. <laughs> I can do that to him. He's a minister. So, Amen. Amen. So, but we we do want to show you know the the warm feeling and kind and consideration to to one another. Amen. Let's go to Acts sixteen. Acts sixteen, verse thirteen through verse fifteen. We know that Paul wants to go to a different place, but in the vision. He receives a vision of a man said in Macedonia, come over and help us. But the Spirit forbade him, and so therefore now him and Luke and Silas and them, and they're going to a different place. And then on the Sabbath he went out of the city, now they're in Macedonia, he went out of the city by the riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and we spake unto the women which resorted thither, verse 14, and a certain woman named Lydia, purper of the city of Tyre, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. Amen. Verse 15. And when she was baptized in her household, she besought us, saying, If you judge me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. She persuaded them to, hey, if you see me now, do you say that I'm a Christian, I believe that, you know, and I have faith in God, then you guys come to my house. And she persuaded them and constrained them, and so they went to her house, given to hospitality immediately. See? You know, some of the best things that I learned in my ministry when I first got saved is was people taking me to their house. People, Christians that was taking me to their house and stuff and sharing stuff. You know, I, I, I learned a lot even as a kid, you know, about history and the American history and wars and things like because, you know, Christians would get together and, you know, in, in people's homes and they would talk about, about things, you know, and share uh, uh, with others and stuff. And so th- this is how we can pass on information. This is how, you know, when we're given to hospitality, you know, with, with our children and things, visiting people as we sit around and sing, you know, old Christian hymns and and stuff and teaching them the value of these things. Uh, you're passing on that knowledge. 
And as you can see, a lot of times when Paul is in houses, they always want Paul to, to give words of edification or talk about something of the Lord. And that's what we should do, is, is be willing to give to hospitality here. So she invites them to her, her house, and they spend time with her. You know, and now they're able to be a little bit more relaxed in the city because they don't have to worry about a place to stay. And so they can do God's will while, while they're there. Amen. And so this helps. Now, now look what happens in Acts 16.25. Let's go down to 25. Verse 25. Amen. And at midnight, you know, Paul and Silas, you know, they've kicked the demon out of the young girl. You know, the, the, the people there, now they're losing their finances and stuff. So they beat them, throw them in prison. So at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praise unto God, and the prisoners heard them, verse 26. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison was shaken, and immediately the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loose. And the keeper of the prisoner wake out of his sleep, and seeing the prison door open, he drew his own sword and would have killed himself. Suppose the prisoners got fled away. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, said, Do thyself no harm, we are all here. And he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling, fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said unto him, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. Notice, in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, was baptized he in all his straight way. And verse 34. Amen. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Look at that. Amen. Amen. So here's hospitality being given immediately as soon as they become believers. They want to know more. They bring them in. You know, this is why a lot of times as soon as new converts, they want you to come. You know, they want to learn. They want to know more. Amen. And what an opportune time. Amen. To help them to grow in the Lord is through hospitality. Because they are learning to give immediately here. Amen. And this is what we should be doing as well. Amen. Is given to hospitality. Opening up. Amen. Especially today, the way the world is going, is we need to be growing in the Lord and in the things of the Lord. Amen. And, and <clears throat> excuse me. We'll go to First Timothy 5, verse 9 through 10. You know, Paul is talking about widows here. He's talking about widows. Amen. First Timothy 5, verse 9 through 10. <clears throat> Let not a widow be taken in a number under 60 years old, having been the wife of one man, well reported up of a good report, if she have brought up children, if she have what? Large screens, if she's given the hospitality. Amen? And, you know, she's washed the saint's feet. You know, it goes on and on and on. So if she has large strangers, 
You know, he's trying to say, you know, she's got to be given to hospitality here. You know, this is what God desires is us to show that benevolence, to show that love, to show that affection to one another and to others. You know, this is what Paul said, you know, and Jesus said, you know, if, if you just do to one another, what good is that? You know, do to those that can't provide for you. You know, it it make all the difference in the world. I, I can remember in the first Gulf War, me and my commander, we were probably went to jail, but anyhow... We we ran into the, met this uh, Saudi Arabian guy and his wife, you know, right after we got there. And they invited us to come to their house, you know. And so here we are, you know. We go to his house, you know, his wife and stuff. And, of course, you know, out on the street, you know, she has her, her all her costume on, <laughs> you know. But anyhow, when she got in the house, she, she took it all off and stuff. We could see her face and stuff. And I mean, she prepared a great meal. I mean, chicken and seaweed balls. And I know y'all probably don't like that and stuff. But, but she prepared this great big meal for us. And I mean, and we just sat down and we ate like no tomorrow. She was given the hospitality. She, you know, she didn't know who we were, you know, but they did. They opened their doors, you know, to us, you know, as soldiers. And, you know, they fed us good. They treated us good, you know. And, and that's, you know, this is sometimes I, I, I just am amazed at some of the stuff that nationals do that a lot of times we in the church failed to do. You know, I can remember the, when my wife and I went to Mongolia the first time on a missions trip. You know, all we knew was, they had met was the daughter of the family we was going to. And we got there, and I, I mean, and so they invited us in, and they got all this food, you know, laid out for us and stuff. And, I mean, they set us down. They wanted to treat us like royalty. It was given to hospitality and stuff. You know, and as we were sitting there, then all of a sudden, you know, the dad was saying, you know, through the translator, he, he had a kid's Bible. And he says, you know, because they had like this wooden fence around the, the, their house that they live and stuff. And he says, someone had thrown this over the fence. And he didn't really know what it was because it was in English, you know. And so I took that Bible, you know, a kid's Bible with pictures in it, and through the translator began to share with him the, them the gospel of Jesus Christ as we sat there fellowship, you know. And we built a good relationship, you know. And, and I wind up baptizing his, one of his daughters, you know, on our last missions trip. You know, she's got the Holy Ghost and stuff. I mean, you never know, you know. And, and, and people in foreign lands, they seem to learn this quicker than we do. See, I know we have to be careful. We have to be cautious, you know. But if God is sending us and God is with us, you know, wisdom, yes. But we should be given the hospitality as well here. And so Paul says if she has entertained strangers, you know, large strangers, you know, you never know who, who you're going to meet and, you know, what other people are going to send back and do. You know, 
It can make all the difference in the world. Look at Luke 10. Luke 10, verse 38. Luke ten thirty eight. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. <laughs> you know, Martha. Everybody ever heard of Martha? <laughs> you know, Martha, Mary, Lazarus, you know, friends. You know, Martha received him into her house. Verse 39. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. You know, but Martha was coming about with much serving and came to him and said to him, Lord, let's not care that thy sister have left me to serve alone. Bid her, therefore, that she helps me. And Jesus said to her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful of trouble about many things. One thing is needed, and your sister has chosen the best part. Okay? So, but notice, she immediately received him into her house, given to hospitality here. Amen. And it, it, sometimes your friends... Because they was all friends. See? And so you give the hospitality through, sometimes through your friendship as well. Amen. And not only to those of the household of faith, but also strangers as well. So we have to get to that hospitality thing here and help provide for others. Amen. And showing consideration. You know, this is kind of like the same story with Elijah. You know? They had somehow, I think, has built a friendship that she was willing to build a chamber for him on the side of the house. Amen. Now let's look at Acts chapter 21, verse 8. Acts 21, verse 8. And the next day that were Paul's company departed and came to Caesarea, and we entered into the house of... Philip the evangelist, which was one of the seven and abode with him. Notice, you know, Philip opened his house, the evangelist, you know, for Paul and those that accompanied him. You know, they invited him in, you know, and stuff. And he goes on and tells us that Philip had four daughters that was prophets, you know, prophesied and everything else. You know, the same had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy, you know. The evangelist Philip, you know, here is showing us the importance of hospitality. So if you look at the, the examples, and the Bible tells us what? Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So it teaches you and I that the importance of providing uh, and entertaining and hosting Others, amen, not only of the household of faith, but strangers as well, because we are sent to the lost, amen, to bring in the lost. We are sent to help those that do not know. And one of the best ways to win people to the Lord, if you go back and you look at the old days, you know, look at in Acts 2, what did they do after the day of Pentecost? They continue steadfast, what? And house to house, breaking bread, amen, and they continued 
were doing this and what happened? The Lord added to the church. Why? Because people's guards pretty soon get dropped down. Amen. They're not afraid. They see that you're human beings just like they are and you're willing to share with them. You're showing them your, that filial love. Amen. The benevolence love, the kindness, the agape love, especially from brothers to brothers, house to house. And as a result, you're able to help people to grow in understanding the things of God. As we heard around here the other day, you know, some people may never come through this door. You know, to this church. Amen. But if you are entertaining them into your house or whatever, you know, they can pretty soon start to grow. You never know what's going to happen down the road with those individuals. And so this is why, you know, do we see through our scripture, Jesus was invited to into a lot of houses, you know, because people wanted him to come. You know, in Mark 2, what are you finding? He's in the house. Amen. There's, and, and the house is packed out. People tear roof off people's house, you know, when they realize that he's in the house. Amen. And this is just an example of when we who are filled with the Holy Ghost are entertaining and doing it right with hospitality, with affection. Amen. People will know that Christ is in that house. You know, people will leave and they go, man, we had a great time over there. Wow, man, did I feel great when I left. You know, man, that was some good fellowship. Man, that was some good child. That was some good good word that I heard, you know. And, man, we need to do this again. That's what, that's what it's supposed to be like, you know. And this is what God desires of us. And you will be surprised how many people... You can win to the Lord. You know, as I said in Acts 2, they continued. And look how the church grew and multiplied. Because why? God is in it. When we're doing what God is asking us to do, we win. You you and him make a majority in any situation. Amen. So we got to give to hospitality, pursuing hospitality, the duty of entertaining strangers. You know, you say, well, Brother Parker, you know, I don't know how to do all that. Well, there's plenty of books. You know, <laughs> you know, there's plenty of books that, that you can read up on ethics and etiquette. I mean, etiquette, you know, and, and, and learn how to do things. Learn how to host a party. Learn how to have some fellowship. How many times have you heard people say, we're just getting together? You know, somebody bring a bag of chips. Somebody bring a pop. Whatever. You know. And you just get together and you just sit around and, and, and talk about the goodness of the Lord, you know, or, or, or just have some good, clean fellowship. That's how people get to know one another, you know, invite your neighbors over and stuff, you know, and, and see what will happen here. Amen. It's one of those old ancient virtues. And that's what we got to get back to, to the, the main thing. As Brother Tenney said, we got to keep the main thing the main thing. Praise God. Amen. So let's do that. Titus 1 and 8. But a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate. He was telling Titus, he just said, these things teach. You know, teach them how to, to be a lover of hospitality. You know, we've got to love entertainment. You know, I know my wife loves to entertain folks. <laughs> That's her ministry. She loves it, you know. 
I get to do all the work. <laughs> no, I just, I just being facetious. <laughs> I just being facetious. You know, you know better than that. <laughs> but, but you know, that's 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 her ministry. I mean, and I am so thankful. I mean, she's always had that that ministry of of entertainment. My goodness, you know, and stuff. You know, and so it it is is good. You know, and uh, but. Uh, <laughs> But yes, but a lover of hospitality. No, you got to love doing this stuff. See? And for by all the counts, you know, throughout the scripture, they must have loved doing it. You know? And so it makes a difference. Amen. We got to be lovers of, a lover of good men. Be alert. Be right. Be holy. Be temperate. You know, have that self-control. Amen. That patience. Amen. First Peter four nine. Peter tell us use hospitality one to another without grudging. Notice use hospitality one to another. Show that warm affection one towards another. You know, get together, have fun together, amen, and live together, amen. Give in the hospitality. All right. Number four. We're talking about Christian soldiers providing, amen. Number four. Amen. The five basic needs. When I went to school, amen, when I went to school back in the days, that was a few moons ago, you know, they was what was called the five basic needs. Food, water, shelter, clothes, and social acceptance. Those were the five. I think they may have changed it now in school. I, I, I think I read something a while ago that said something about they had changed, but... You know, we talk about the five basic needs that Christian soldiers should provide. And the first thing is we should provide, you know, food, both natural food and spiritual food. This is why Paul is saying if any provide not for his own house, and especially those of his own household, you know, he is denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. You've got to provide natural food and you've got to provide spiritual food. To your family. Notice John six thirty one. He says, Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they to him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh unto me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Amen. So we can see here that spiritual food, we need the Word of God. So you've got to provide the Word of God. You need to train, you need to instruct things from the Word of God. You need to have a clear understanding from the Word of God so that you can grow thereby. Amen. You want to ingest the Word of God. Amen. Notice what Paul says in Psalms 19, uh, verse 7. Psalms 19, verse 7 through verse 9. We quote it around here all the time. He says, The law of the Lord is what? Perfect. It's complete. Amen. It is complete. It has everything you need. Amen. If, if, if you get into the Word of God, 
if you studied the Word of God, if you ingest the Word of God. Jeremiah says he, he, he gave me a roll and I ate it and it was like, what? Honey. <laughs> to my taste, you know. And, and so therefore the Word of God, the more that you ingest, the sweeter it's gonna become. The more that you want. Amen. I, I just can't get enough of the Word of God. I don't know about you. You know, I, I want to eat the Word of God. I want to ingest the Word of God. I want to have the Word of God. The law of the Lord is perfect, converts the soul. Because the more of God I can intake in me, or the more of God I can put into my family, into my children, or my loved ones, amen, the more their soul is going to be converted to the things of God. See, you know, you find people that just can't get it right, then there's a case they're spiritually malnourished. See, you, you need to eat the bread of life. See, you need to have the manna from heaven. You know, the children of Israel complained about the manna, you know. And it was the angels' food. God has given them angels' food, and they're complaining about it. You know, they said, we're tired of this light bread. You know, down south, that's what they call, you know, white bread is light bread, you know. But, but you know, they said, we're, we're tired of this light bread. How can you get tired of what God has given you? Amen. You know, it, 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 there's a lesson there. But, you know, the children of Israel, didn't, they got so... Uh, what do you say? You know, so complaint about, about what God was doing for them. You know, God was not being impartial. You know, First Corinthians 10, it said they all had the same meat, they had the same drink. They drank from that rock to follow them. That rock was Christ. And, but they complained. They murmured and bickered about the things that God was given. You know, and as a result, God was not well pleased. You know, because if you keep burning and complaining, he says, okay, I'll let you see what it feels like to be hungry without any food. Yeah. You know, he was providing everything that they have need of. So the law of the Lord, notice, God wants to convert you. He wants to convert you to his way. He wants to convert you so you become like him. He wants you to become complete in him because you're going to reign with him forever and ever. And this is what his word is designed to do. This is what David says, amen, wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? But taking heed to the word of God. Jesus says, you're cleansed by the word that I've spoken unto you. See, so when you intake the word of God, amen, it converts the inner man. This is what Paul was saying in 2 Corinthians 4. He said, though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Because you are taking the word of God. You're ingesting, you're eating the word of God. This is my body, Jesus says, which is broken for you. As often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you do, you do it in remembrance of me. See, and so you need to have a daily balanced life of the Word of God. Amen. And you need to have natural food as well. Now, some of us could probably start cutting back a little bit, but, 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 we, but we do. You know, if I don't eat naturally pretty soon, what's going to happen? I'm going to be ill health. You know, and so I need to have a balance. 
diet. I need to eat right. I need to, you know, learn how to eat right. You know, as I said earlier, when I was in school in first, second, third grade, we had health classes. They told us, you know, what foods were good. An apple a day, keep the doctor away. <laughs> you know, they, they, they showed us, you know, what to do. Brush your teeth. Eat this food. Eat this because it was all healthy and good for you, right? They told us that. Well, shouldn't we as parents teach the right way? You know, these things we should be doing and teaching our families the right way. What foods is right? You know, you know, don't let the world, you know, tell your kids that the drugs are bad and alcohol is bad. Teach them why. At an early age in life so that they know. You know, so that they know. So we got to feed them the right things. And we need to give them the food of Jesus Christ. We need to get, make sure that they are eating the Word of God. And I am out of time. Hmm. Oh, man, I was just getting ready to get wound up. <laughs> so, all right, but we'll stop right here. And then next Wednesday night we'll pick back up into these basic needs. But as you're studying through these, amen, uh, look at... From a both natural standpoint and spiritual standpoint, and how you should be providing uh, these things, and go back and look of uh, uh, instructions. Go back and look at, about love. Go back and look at hospitality, and ask yourself questions. You know, could I be doing more in these areas? Because that's what we want. Remember, our vision is to become a church of divine leadership and spiritual growth for everybody. You know. And this is what we're trying to get to that point in our lives and our walk with God so that we know what we're doing. We're Christian soldiers in the Lord's army. And we may not march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery, but what? We're going to soar over the enemy. And the only way we're going to do that is we're going to have to be real and into the Word of God because that's the sword of the Spirit that we defeat Him by. Amen. And so, great God Almighty is good. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Again, so don't forget Sunday. Amen. Mission service. Come ready to worship. Have a great time in the Lord. Amen. Because God is good all the time. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Father, we love you. Truly.